All right, we are ready to begin. If you'd like to come in and find a seat, welcome back. Well, it's great to have you all here with us this morning. Again, if, in case you missed it, my name is Alan Dice. I'm one of the pastors here at, at Newport Church. Uh, we are so glad you're here. I want to welcome everyone who's watching by live stream or seeing the video later uh, sometime after today. We're, we're glad you're all with us as well. Uh, as I said, next Sunday is a special Sunday. We have Kevin Kazemi coming, so I uh, just want to... Uh, uh, put out a plug for next Sunday. You don't want to miss it. You want to be here uh, for sure next Sunday. And uh, in case you miss um, any of our sermons or Sunday mornings, you can always go to uh, webpage, newportchurch.net, and catch any of the videos or, or audio of our services or, or Sunday sermons. So welcome to you if you're a regular attender, welcome to you. If you're a, a guest here this morning, I want to welcome special guests who are here with us this morning. I want to uh, give a huge special welcome to Steve and Mary Prokopchak. Yes, let's welcome them. They're going to be up here in a minute, so you'll get to see them. Uh, I just want to honor and thank Steve and Mary for serving us as our church's overseer and personal overseers for, for me and Julie since 2004. We met with them um, New Year's Day 2004 and asked them to be our personal overseers, and they agreed to do that temporarily, they thought, for a year or so, and it's been almost 16 years now, so thanks so much, Steve and Mary. They prayed for us. They stood with us through good times and through hard times. Uh, in 2006, uh, Steve gave my first wife Lucinda's funeral service. And Steve officiated at Julie and Mai's wedding uh, um, in 2008. So they really have been with us through, through thick and thin. I uh, also want to welcome and, and introduce Larry and Laverne Kreider, who are here with us. Welcome. <laughs> want to honor them for serving us, encouraging us, praying for us as well over, over many years. So welcome. We're so glad you're here with us. Larry will be up here as well uh, to, to share. Uh, this morning. So I want to give just a tiny little bit of history to catch you up on where uh, we've been to come to this transition Sunday here this morning. Uh, so if you love history, here we go. Newport Church began in the town of Mannheim in 1992 and was led by Carl and Doris Good. And, and Carl and Doris laid a wonderful foundation for this church so we could grow and succeed. And, and we are reaping and harvesting uh, just many of the good things today because Carl and Doris were faithful and they planted and sowed into this church and into this, into this community. Now, Carl, uh, many of you know, went to be with Jesus in 2005, but Doris is here with us today, and we, we thank God for, for all, both of you for your faithfulness, Doris. Thank you. And so... To all of you, Doris, and to Larry and Laverne, Steve and Mary, you should all be able to look around here today and, and see what God has done as a result of your, of your prayer and diligence. I remember the, the old praise song we used to sing, 
uh, that said, look what the Lord has done. And you remember that? Uh, so thank you to each, each of you because of, of your faithfulness. So today we celebrate this transition of leadership as I pass the baton. I didn't bring the baton up here with me. Where is the baton? There it is. So there is an actual baton. It's a, uh, it's a track and field baton. So any of you runners who run track and field, you recognize this. So we will actually have a, a passing of the baton here in our, in our Sunday service as I pass the baton of leadership to Pastor Merle Shank. We have, uh, yeah, uh, there have been many steps in this process that we took to arrive here at this point today. Uh, the first step was I felt God's call to move into hospital chaplaincy which is really just another kind of ministry to another kind of congregation, really. And, and I informed Steve and our, and our elder team about that call in summer to 2018. And I emphasize that this transition here this morning is not happening because of some sort of leadership crisis or being voted out by the church or, or by a church board. None of, none of that is happening. In fact, uh, as far as I can remember, this is probably one of the most peaceful and positive transitions I've, I've been part of. In, in summer and fall 2018, we formed a succession team to begin processing the next steps forward. That, that team included some of our elders, Keith Yoder, Steve Prokopchak, and I just want to give a huge shout out of thanks and honor to our elder team. That's the Criders, the Breckbills, the Whitmers, the Shanks for walking with us through this time. They didn't panic when they heard the news. Uh, they heard from God. They imparted much wisdom into this process. So thank you all for uh, blessing us and, and being part of, part of the process. And through this process, it became increasingly clear that perhaps God had already placed our next leader in our church, namely our associate pastor, Merle Shank. And after prayer and consideration, we gave an invitation, uh, and Merle and Cherie, after taking time to pray and process, responded that indeed they did sense God's call to lead here. And plans were developed that seemed good to God and seemed good to all, us that Merle would be commissioned here today as, as the lead elder, and that I would continue on here as associate pastor through May 31st of 2020. And, you know, stepping back, I, I am just amazed. I, I'm personally amazed at how God has orchestrated all of this in, in ways that none of us could have foreseen, none of us could have expected. I firmly believe Merle is the next leader for Newport Church that God had in mind all along. Uh, you know, a wise leader once told me that handing over church leadership is a little like walking your daughter down the aisle in her wedding ceremony and placing her hand in the hand of the young man she will marry. And so as a father, you believe and trust this young man will, will love and care for your little girl. And I have complete confidence that Merle is the young man who will love and care for this church. I'm confident God has given Merle and Cherie the gifts and the talents and experience necessary to lead Newport Church into its next season of growth and outreach and ministry. Now, I also have some challenges for you as a church. As you have loved me and Julie, so love Merle and Cherie and their family. As you have encouraged and supported and prayed for us, so encourage and support and pray for the Shanks. As you have co cooperated with us, 
so cooperate with the shanks. As you have given me grace when I made mistakes, so give grace to the shanks. Church, keep on being a church that loves Jesus and loves God's presence. Keep on being a church that loves to worship. Keep on being a family that is warm and welcoming and friendly. Keep on being a church of all generations. I love the fact we have, we have babies up through senior citizens. I love the fact we have dozens of teens and young adults. Did you see our worship uh, team this morning? Yeah. Keep on being generous. You are known as a generous church. Your reputation gets around. Keep on being a sending church, sending out missionaries and small groups and, and new churches. Bubble stuff. If you are uncertain about this whole thing and you feel like maybe you ought to leave because of this change, I say give this new leadership team a chance. Give them some time. Give them a year. Give them at least nine months. Don't just leave because you fear the unknown or your fear transition. I was a new pastor once too. In fact, I, I pastored a church when I was 29 years old. I, I don't know why they ever trusted me at that age to, to lead a church, but they did. And people took risks with me. So please do me a favor and extend that grace to, to our new team. And then lastly, an additional transition that is happening here today is the transfer of Dove Network's oversight of this church from Steve Kopchak to Larry Kreider. In Dove International, we build by relationship. And as Merle already had an ongoing relationship with Larry, it seemed to be a natural fit for Merle and Cherie and this church to be overseen by Larry. And let me emphasize again, this is happening not with any kind of animosity, but just in following what we sense God is calling us to at this time. So Larry's going to come and, and just share uh, this morning. So Larry, if you'd like to come, and I'd just like to lead us in, in prayer as we, as we move forward. Thank you, Lord, for this time. Thank you, Lord, that you are moving and working. Thank you, Lord, that, that you just continue to be at work, and we're amazed at what you are doing. Lord, uh, we, we thank you for your presence here. And Lord, we pray just for a, a rich blessing, commissioning, and anointing this morning in Jesus' name. Amen. Welcome, Larry. Thank you. Alan, thank you so much. It's so healthy. I'm going to just take a few moments and give a biblical precedent for what's happening today for transition of leadership, a bit from the Old Testament, a bit from the New Testament. Uh, before I do that, I want to, again, say it's amazing that this church has been here for 28 years. And I, I, know, I know it's January 26, 1992, because you said so. But I also know because it's in Laverne's diary. And I also know because I called Doris Good this morning to be really sure, right? There she is. And that's it. So 28 years. And Carl and Doris Good led the way. Now, back in this day... 28 years ago, there was one Dove Church in the area. Is it, the model was a bit like LCBC, where there's multiple campuses, and we didn't have that terminology. We called them celebrations. And Carl and Dars bravely led the way to take a whole group of people from Westgate Celebration, we call it, and come to Mannheim at the Hamilton Building in Mannheim and start this new church. So we are here today because of their obedience to God. And then four years later, when 1996, one big church in Pennsylvania, a couple thousand, became eight churches. 
is when we decentralize eight autonomous churches all working together as a family of churches, birthing the Devon and Usher family of churches that we see on the wall over there today. Uh, when that happened, Carl and Dara said, we are willing to be the senior leaders of this church. It's amazing. I know we honored Doris this morning. Doris, will you stand up? I want everybody to know who you are. Stand up. Let's give her, let's give her an honor. We love you. We thank God for you. Because of you, we're here today. You and your amazing husband, husband Carl, whom you lovingly call CG. So, awesome. Thank you. And so, during the next season, of course, it was the uh, it was interesting, Laverne and I gave oversight to Carl and Doris, apostolic oversight, so we kind of feel like we're coming home today, you know, after all these years uh, for a season, uh, and then the next season was the Lenses gave leadership, of course, you were on the eldership team during that time, uh, and then uh, Carl became the apostolic overseer then, it was Carl and then Steve, Steve later on, and uh, so I also uh, want to say that, uh, of course, there's a name change, Newport Church, Newport Road, makes sense, all the sense of the world. But Alan, you and Julie have been so faithful, so faithful, man. The way God's used you is amazing. You're a pastor of all pastors. And you didn't ask for this, Julie. You married into it. <laughs> really. <laughs> you did. And uh, we just honor you guys. And just uh, this, is a, this is a morning of honor. We're honoring the Lord in all we do. And we're going to honor key people that God's used so tremendously in this church. Alan, Julie, I know you're not sitting together. I know that's not by design. Stand up. Will you please give them a big hand? We honor you. We bless you. We thank God for you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Now, the biblical precedent, first of all, in the Old Testament uh, would be from Numbers 27, starting in verse 15. I'm going to read this, make a few comments. Moses in verse 15, NIV. Moses said to the Lord, May the Lord, the God who gives breath to all living things, appoint someone over this community to go out and come in before them, one who will lead them and bring them in, lead them out, bring them in, so that the Lord's people will not be like a sheep without a shepherd. I feel like that was covered well already, Alan, through you, as there's new shepherding will be happening here soon. And 18, verse 18, so the Lord said to Moses, take Joshua, the son of Nun, a man in whom has a spirit of, is a spirit of leadership. Interesting. Find someone who has a gift, a calling, and anointing for leadership. That was important. And then he says, and of course, that has happened here. And then it says, and lay your hand on him. That will happen in a few moments here today. Have him stand before Eleazar the priest and the entire assembly and commission him in their presence. And where that's going to happen is a public commissioning. That's why we do this publicly. So we're all on the same page together. And it says, I give him some of your authority. Alan will do that. So the whole Israelite community will obey him. And he is to stand before Eleazar the priest and will obtain decisions for him by inquiring of the Urim. They used the Urim and the Thummim, which was used for discernment in those days. The high priest wore those around his neck. Uh, praise God, we have the Holy Spirit today. We don't need a Urim or a Thummim today. But we have Holy Spirit, and, and uh, as you follow the Holy Spirit, Merlin Shri will follow the Holy Spirit. And then it says, before the Lord, at his command, he and the entire community of the Israelites will go out, and at his command they will come in. And Moses did as the Lord commanded him and took Joshua, had him stand before Eleazar the priest and the whole assembly. Then he laid his hands on him and commissioned him as the Lord instructed through Moses. So this gives, you, gives us some precedent for a public commission transfer of leadership, how it happened in this situation and, and how it can happen today. Now, New Testament, fast forward, if you would please. We want to look at just three verses in the New Testament. 
uh, and that is going to be in Acts 14, starting in verse 21. Now, before I do that, I do want to mention, it's interesting, Joshua was no surprise to the people or to Moses because he worked closely for 40 years. Now, you didn't have 40 years together, but you had some time together. And so there was no surprise, and yet they wanted to be totally sure. And that's why prayer seeking God was so important in this whole process with the eldership. And that's why we went through the process that we did. So thank God you've had some time together also. That's healthy for this congregation. And so I also want to say one thing about Merle and Shreese. Come on, some of you may not know this, but they're not coming on as new senior leaders, senior pastors of this church. They've had years of experience in Cape Town, South Africa, leading a healthy church, House of Praise. Now under other leadership, Merle's giving oversight to that whole move of God that's happening right there now. They've had years of experience they're also bringing in, which is a, another extra blessing for all of us. And I would say this, and of course, life's in seasons, churches come in seasons. We're moving into a new season, and as we move into this new season... Of course, Newport Church is going to be in a new season, and that's a new season for all of us, and that's good, and it's healthy. And then in Joshua chapter 1, God said to Joshua, he said, now, four times, be strong and courageous. So I want to say to Merle and Shree, be strong and courageous as you move into this new realm that God's given you. I want to say, Alan, Julie, be strong and courageous, because you're simply shifting and moving into other realms of leadership and ministry. Be strong and courageous. That's for all of us. I believe also as a congregation, we want to be strong and courageous together. So New Testament, Acts 14, they, Paul and Barnabas, preached the gospel in that city. It was Derby, and they won a large number of disciples. And then they returned to Lystra, Iconium, and Antioch. What happened was they had gone there, preached the gospel. People came to Christ. They came back within two years, and then they, what did they do? They established, they strengthened the disciples, encouraged them to remain true to the faith, they say we must go through many hardships to enter the kingdom of God. And then Paul and Barnabas appointed elders. They commissioned leadership. They appointed elders for them in each church with prayer and fasting, committing them to the Lord in whom they had put their trust. And you see the same thing in Titus 1.5 where Paul says to Titus, he says, go back into Crete, set things in order, appoint elders in every town. And that's why Stephen, and Mary, Laverne and I, outside apostolic overseers, we're helping with this process today. So, we have outside overseers helping. We have inside elders. We have the uh, all this is teamwork and working together to see this happen. And, you know, there's the Moses season. There's the Joshua season. Moses walked with God like very few people you see in Scripture. You know, in, in his time, in 40 years, they saw free food. I mean, it was amazing things that God was doing because of Moses and because of you. We've seen that here. And then the Joshua season was different. It was just so and reap. So, yes, there will be changes in the future because every leader leads differently, and yet there's the same flow of the Spirit to see God take us into the new season so we can be all God called us to be. Now, I know this was mentioned before, but I want to clarify before I sit down. Steve and Mary Prokopchak have been an amazing blessing to this church over these last 16 years. These guys have been amazing. Please hold your applause. I mean, we want to really thank them. <laughs> and I know we did it before you did because we all love them. And I can assure you, this church will always be in their hearts. Always will be because of the 16 years of impartation and just being there. And in my times with Steve, you know, his caring about the church has been amazing. So we love you guys. I want you guys to stand. Just stand up. Let's thank the Lord and honor this couple who served so faithfully, so faithfully. We love you guys and thank God for you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. All right.
And so Laverne and I look forward to serving in this role. Again, it feels like we're kind of coming home and because of the relationship with Merle and Cherie, and we're looking forward to that. And uh, we're certainly honored to serve in this way. Now, one more honor. One more, and there's a lot of people we can honor. I mean, elders were honored already, on and on. But God has prepared for such a time as this, Merle and Sri Shank, to lead this congregation into his purposes in the next generation. It's an amazing season, amazing time. Merle and Sri, would you stand? Let's thank you. Stand up, please. Let's thank God for them. We honor you. We bless you. We thank God for you. Thank you. We honor you guys as you walk through this process together. Now, Merle, you come on up, and you're going to share your heart with all of us here. Awesome. Thank you, Larry. So much has been said here already. Um, so I just want to share, hopefully, three to five minutes. Hopefully. Um, <laughs> but I want to give you a scripture verse this morning that I felt like was just prophetic for, for us. Psalms 36, verses 5 to 9. It says this. It says, Your steadfast love, O Lord, extends to the heavens. Your faithfulness to the clouds. Your righteousness is like the mountains of God. Your judgments are like the great deep. Man and beast you save, O Lord. How precious is your steadfast love, O God. The children of mankind take refuge in the shadow of your wings, and they feast in the abundance of your house, and you give them drink from the river of your delights. For with you is the fountain of life, and in your light, we do see light. And so even as we talk about change and we talk about transition this morning, you know, God's steadfast love supersedes all of that. And so each one of us, you know, we can rest, we can trust, we can uh, allow ourselves to be solidified in the steadfast love of the Lord. And so I want to share just briefly our journey uh, as a family. A year after returning to Pennsylvania from the mission field, God brought our family here to Newport Church. And at that time, we were in the middle of what is commonly known as a very hard transition seasons for long-term missionaries when they return to their home country. And, you know, we had a lot of questions. <laughs> uh, will we ever feel normal again? <laughs> Do we want to feel normal again? <laughs> will we ever feel... Uh, like we're home in ministry again? Uh, will we ever have deep friendships surrounding faith again? Uh, will we ever be understood? And in the middle of that season of our lives, you embraced us and you welcomed us uh, into this family and this part of our family. And so you welcomed us in, you listened to our stories, even when they were lacking in context. You dealt with us with grace and with patience. And so I want to say thank you. I want to take this time also to honor my family who is here, our family, uh, Sheree and my family who are here. And you guys have been our biggest supporters in our ministry life and everything from praying for us to watching our children when we have to be at meetings. And thank you for that. Uh, I also want to thank and honor Brian and Janet Souter, who have been champions for us for years. They gave oversight to us when we were in South Africa, and they, I think, uh, a, while, <laughs> a while before we ever wound up here, they were like, yeah, you'll wind up at Newport Church, you know. Uh, and so, 
I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> anyway, um, but they're, they're at Canada, in Canada today, so they weren't able to be here. I also want to honor Keith Yoder, who is a part of this process. And, and uh, I want to honor each one of you, especially those of you who in countless small ways made us feel welcomed, had, had discussions with us, uh, heard our hearts, invited us. Many of you were like, hey, we would love to have you come, you know, and uh, that, that really helped our family come. Our children, you know, I think saw it before Sheree and I did as we were just taking a year off the mission field to come and kind of just breathe. Our children were like, we want to go to Newport Church. <laughs> and um, so that was part of us coming. And when we came here, you know, um, we didn't know that we would ultimately be stepping into this role and asked to be taking this role. So I especially want to honor you and uh, Julie Allen this morning. Um, you've dealt with Sheree and I with grace and with patience. So thank you <laughs> as we both eventually, you know, came on staff here. Um, and yeah, even, even the way that that happened, uh, the way how God kind of orchestrated things for for especially me to come on staff here. And thank you, David, for being a part of that, uh, rec bill. So, yeah, and I want to honor the elders who accepted us and understood that when we come here, we come with part of our heart for the nations as well as our roles and responsibility in Dove International and just in Dove South Africa and Africa. So, And you accepted us and brought us in saying, yes, we understand that you're welcome here. And so thank you for that as well. And so, yeah, we, we, we just want to honor you in that. Um, when the elders ask us to consider this role, and Alan, when you ask us to consider this role, we took time to pray about it, and we've, we felt like this was indeed the next step that the Lord was asking us to do. So as a transitioning leader in South Africa, Alan, I know that it's not easy to take what you described this, you know, just a little bit ago as a, as something you've poured into like a daughter and hand it off. And so I just want to say you've done this amazingly well. And I just hear the heart of the Father saying, you've succeeded, well done. And you've done a great job. And I just want to let every one of us know as well that in, uh, in 2020, closer to May, um, we will be holding a, a celebration and a launching for Alan and Julie into their next season and just to honor and celebrate the service that they have given here uh, at Newport Church to this spiritual family. Many times in leadership transitions, uh, people desire to know what will change as well as what will not change. And while none of us absolutely know the future, uh, we can rest assured that God does. And as each of us are dedicated to walking in relationship and obedience with him, he will lead us in the right way. He will lead us into green pastures and beside still waters, as Psalms 23 says. And so he truly is the good shepherd. Things, things that will not change here at Newport Church is that uh, we will maintain the core values, our dove core values, and a vision of leading people to faith and maturity in Jesus through outreach, through small groups, uh, through church planning, and, and likely those strategies will, will continue to develop and grow as more opportunities and initiatives arise. Another thing that won't change is our dedication to being a place where families can grow in faith and love for Jesus. That's not going to change. Our core commitments to building the church by relationship, regardless of age or relational status. 
And we are always going to be committed to the Word of God in its entirety and a vibrant, Holy Spirit-filled life experience. We desire to see Newport Church continue to be a vibrant place of faith and grow and growth for people throughout this region and grow more and more as a resource in God's hands for this area. And we desire to see God's people that he has given gifts and callings continue to flourish in our midst, celebrating and equipping those of all ages to step into, uh, step out in faith to embrace the mandate of the Lord in our lives. And we are dedicated to see Newport continue to grow and be a place where people can find connection with God and with each other. Um, we are dedicated to being a place where we encounter God's presence, experiencing him in prayer, experiencing his presence in all forms of worship, experiencing his presence in relationships and ministry one to another, as well as experiencing him as we reach out beyond uh, the context of our homes and of our lives. And we look forward to continue to grow and extend the reach of Newport Church beyond the walls, these four walls, which is something that we have uh, said and have, have been has been declared many times from this pulpit by many different people that the reach of Newport Church beyond this wall is through missions, through leadership development, through technology, church planting, and being a launch pad for those who are responding to God's call on their lives wherever it may lead them. We want to say thank you for giving us, our family, uh, grace. We are mere humans, <laughs> and we will make mistakes. And so we want to say thank you for giving us grace, and we recognize that this is a step of faith for all of us. And to Alan and Julie and to the elders, thank you for your faith in Sheree and I as well. And it is an honor to walk with you in this process. So know that as we take this step of faith together, that God is faithful. And we can say with Paul in Philippians 1 verse 6 that I am sure of this that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. So we recognize that for Alan and Julie and for us, it is both the end of a season and the beginning of a new season. And for this church as well, as God continues to finish his work in all of us here in Newport Church. We also recognize that the work that we are honored to be a part of will outlast us. It will outlast our lifetime. And there will be a time when we stand here as you are today and hand the baton to someone else. And so we recognize that we are just a small part of what God is doing here. And so I want to end my time by honoring you, Alan and Julie, again, uh, for most of the last 12 months almost. Uh, you have taken the posture of John the Baptist in letting me and my influence grow within the church, uh, while allowing yours to decrease. And thank you for doing this season well. Thank you. As someone who is coming in, I get to stand on your achievements as the foundation of where we go in the future. And uh, I just, you know, I want to reiterate, I hear the Father's heart saying, job well done, you have succeeded. And so in Dover National, each church, as Larry was talking about, has apostolic overseers, and for this season, you know, Alan has been leading Newport Church, Steve Prokopchuk, Steve and Mary have been walking in this capacity, and I would like to, to call Steve and Mary up uh, to share with us from their hearts, and then after that, we'll have the time of commissioning.
Thank you, guys. You are an amazing congregation. Is it on? Can you hear me? Okay. Okay. We've been um, on a wonderful journey with you folks for 15 years. And, um, yeah, I just I have two minutes, so I'll share a little bit about that. First uh, Thessalonians 2.7 says, As apostles of Christ, we were like a mother feeding and caring for her own children. We loved you so much that we shared with you not only God's good news, but our own lives, too. And you've shared your lives with us. Um, we've been on a journey since Alan and Lucinda asked us to oversee them temporarily and, and then uh, walked with them for a few years and then grieved with you when we lost Lucinda early and suddenly and uh, walked through that funeral time and then walked with Alan through single parenting for a few years and then walked with Alan and Julie in their joy of becoming one and that wedding was awesome. That was an awesome wedding. Um, we've met with your leaders. We've retreated with your leaders. We've taken some of your youth on a mission trip to Guatemala years ago. I've been part of medical teams to Kenya and Peru with nurses from your congregation. Uh, we loved your youth and met with your youth, and we're going to do that again in December. You have amazing youth here. You have launched amazing young people. You really have. We were able to intersect with your intern team of five in Scotland in the spring. Incredible. You have incredible, incredible uh, young people here and, and youth. Um, and we've been to weddings, birthday parties, funerals. We've been with you and we've done life with you. And we just want to thank you for honoring us and just say that it's been a wonderful journey, really yeah. wonderful. Thanks. Thanks. Thank you, Mary. Good morning. Am I, am I on? Okay, great. Yeah, it, it's, it's been an incredible journey. Thank you so much. Um, I'm going to take more than three to five minutes. Just be honest with you. Um, you can turn to Genesis chapter 37. Uh, while we, in, in this new season, and as things change, and as you've heard all of these stories and histories, um, all so true and, and accurate and so amazing what our Father has done here, um, it's, it's been an honor to walk with you through all of this. And um, we leave you in really, really good hands. Larry and Laverne Kreider, I don't know, you went from us to the top, so I... It's, you, you continue to do well, and so um, congratulations to you. Uh, what I felt was on my heart this morning as a lot of these historical things were spoken and really just, a, just the right time and season to honor these amazing leaders, but I wanted to give, I felt like the Lord wanted me to give you a challenge this morning as well. And it has so much more to do with uh, uh, more than Newport Church. It just, it just has to do with your life and, 
And uh, what's on my heart is just to challenge you in dreams and visions, because you're seeing dreams and visions fulfilled here today. And, and, the, and the Father never stops giving us those dreams and visions. And to you, no matter what age you are, whether it's the young people or, 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 or millennials or middle age or older people, the Father's always had a design for you. He's always had a vision and a purpose and a direction for you. Regardless of what you find yourself doing today, he always has another season. He's always planning something specifically for you because you were born specifically for him. His heart is so much for you. And I see this in Genesis chapter 37 with the life of of Joseph. Let's look at verse 1 through 11, if we could. Genesis 37 says, Jacob lived in the land where his father had stayed, the land of Canaan. This is the account of Jacob. Joseph, a young man of 17. How old was he? He was tending the flocks with his brothers, the sons of Bilah and the sons of Zilpah, the father's wives, his father's wives, and he brought their father a bad report about them. Now Israel loved Joseph more than any of his other sons because he had been born to him in his old age. And he made a rich, richly or, ornamented robe for him. When his brothers saw that their father loved him more than any of them, they hated him and could not speak a kind word to him. Joseph had a dream, and when he told it to his brothers, they hated him all the more. He said to them, listen to this dream I had. We were binding sheaves of grain out in the field when suddenly my sheaf rose and stood upright while your sheaves gathered around mine and bowed down to it. His brother said to him, Do you intend to reign over us? Will you actually rule us? And they hated him all the more because of his dream and what he had said. Then he had another dream, and he told it to his brothers. Listen, he said, I had another dream. And this time the sun and moon and eleven stars were bowing down to me. He told his father, as well as his brothers, his father rebuked him and said, What is this dream you had? Will your mother and I and your brothers actually come and bow down to the ground before you? His brothers were jealous of him, but his father kept the matter in hand. The key verse that I want to share is Proverbs thirteen twelve that says, Hope deferred makes the heart sick, but a dream fulfilled is a tree of life. A dream is a direction that you feel toward from your spirit, not just your head. It's from your heart. And it typically, typically incorporates all of the gifts that you incorporate, the, your bent, so to speak. When God sparks a dream in your heart, it's really difficult to let it go because it's from him. It's his design for you. It takes a dream, it takes a vision from the Lord to move you on from where you are. But it's not that we're discontent where we are. It's that you know God has placed something else on your heart. But you need to remain where you are until he actually moves you from where you are. There's a scripture in 1 Timothy 6.6 6 that says, Godliness with contentment is great gain. Right where you are today, the Father wants you to be with, content with that until he moves you on. 
Larry gave us a book to read by Steve Addison. He, he spoke at our International Leadership Conference a few years ago, and in that book he said this, discontent without vision leads to cynicism, but a dream without action is a fantasy. Let me read it again. Discontent without vision leads to cynicism, but a dream without action is just a fantasy. Now, dreams cause us to anticipate the future. You know, we, and we pray towards that future. Dreams are manifested by God, and he's letting you know in a dream or in a vision that somewhere along the way, you're finishing, you're in the process of finishing this assignment, and there's something new coming. And I love that because I love change and I love when the Father speaks and I love to hear his voice and, and he just keeps things going and he keeps things fresh in our lives. And I'm just so appreciative of him for that. We're actually seeing again the fulfillment of dreams or vision today. God downloads a life-giving dream to us into our spirit and um, we meditate on it, we pray about it. We continue to receive input from him about it, and we dream about it. Now, a young man of 17 years of age had these dreams, and in his immaturity went to his brothers, and his brothers read that only one way, and it became tremendous insecurity to them. And so even in their bullying, and even in his father's rebuke, this 17-year-old Joseph stood by his dream as we see his life walked out. So God's always had an order to our life. He's always had a government. He doesn't misalign us. He doesn't abuse us in any way. He doesn't disappoint us. He doesn't take advantage of us. Someone said, dreams do not drive you, they draw you. He doesn't push you with this dream. He draws you. Dreams with the Father don't begin with once upon a time. They begin with, thus saith the Lord, the word of God for you. And we wait on them to be fulfilled in obedience. If God is showing you something, if he's given you a dream, if he's given you a vision towards something, and you wait on him in obedience, just know that there's a price to pay as well. There'll be something that causes you to walk out the price. Now, I know it wasn't stated here, but I know that Alan and Julie and I know that Merle and Cherie and others who are in leadership have paid a price to be where they are. They're not in the midst of this calling today by happenstance, but they have passed tests along the way. And so it was in Joseph's life. Now, back to Joseph's dream. Joseph heard the voice of God in his dream, and I'm not really even sure as a 17-year-old that that's what he knew it was. But he knew from an early age that his brothers and his father would one day kneel before him, and he didn't even know what that looked like or what that meant. And when he shared that dream, they were infuriated with him. And eventually his brothers would sell him into slavery, and he would end up in Potiphar's house, and he would end up in prison. It doesn't look like a dream fulfilled. It doesn't look like anybody's bowing to anyone. Joseph went for a pretty comfortable life as the youngest son, as the one who was loved so much by his dad to slavery. 
But God was writing Joseph's story. You can look at that and think, well, Joseph missed God or God missed Joseph. But not so. Not at all. Life wasn't just happening to Joseph. Joseph was walking through seasons to see these dreams and visions fulfilled. In Genesis chapter 45, it shows us and reveals to us and gives us that picture that Joseph's brothers were before him. And it said that Joseph wept bitterly. And I have come to believe in my own life that that weeping wasn't just because he missed his brothers and he missed his dad. That weeping was because at age 17, God showed him a dream. God gave him a vision. And now after prison and all these years, he's sitting there and seeing the direct fulfillment of it. And I believe his weeping was the fact that, God, what you said is true. I thought I missed it. I found myself in places that were so dry that I thought I missed you, God. But here I sit, here they are, here are those sheaves. And he was so undone that he had to leave the room and cry. Because he knew at that moment, God was in that dream. And that dream was being fulfilled. It's an amazing picture. Joseph told his brothers in that moment, he said this, It was not you who sent me here. It was God. You know, don't blame yourselves. I know all that was a pretty rough start and bad beginning, but it wasn't you. It was God who sent me here. All those years of suffering, all of those things now melt in the exuberance of, of a dream fulfilled. What do we learn? Well, first of all, don't try to figure it all out. God downloads a heavenly picture to you, a, a dream, a vision. Don't sit there and try to figure it all out because you're not going to be able to. He's going to reveal steps along the way. And as you receive that dream, as you receive that vision, he's going to enable you to make the transitions that will follow. And don't second-guess second God if you find yourself someplace where you really don't want to be or you really think is uncomfortable. Because there are uncomfortable seasons, and that's okay. He's teaching you something through that. And it may not feel like home all the time. And you may discover some discomfort for a season. I'm pretty sure when Joseph was imprisoned, he wasn't comfortable. And he was wondering, where was this God who gave him that vision? So I, I, I guess I want to say to you, in the midst of seeing these dreams and this vision fulfilled here in Newport Church, way back in its history, what is yours? What is God showing you? Because I believe that he wants to speak to every one of us, regardless of where we're at in life. And if you don't have a dream right now, if, you don't, if you're not walking in a vision right now, then ask God for one. Because he has a plan for you and wants to give it to you. Nehemiah didn't really necessarily have a, a dream, but his heart was broken for something. His heart was broken for Jerusalem. It was broken over the wall. 
And I don't, I don't know that he dreamt of rebuilding the wall, but because his heart was broken, the father downloaded this passion, this thing like, you got to do this. And he just didn't quit until it was done. What is your heart broken for? What is it that your heart's broken for? Because the father often has a dream and a vision in the middle of that. Give dreams a place in your prayer life. And, and when he speaks to you, use Habakkuk 2.2. It says, write down the revelation, make it plain on tablets, and then run with it. Proverbs 13.12, once again, it says, hope deferred makes the heart sick, but a dream fulfilled is a tree of life. And I just want to close with this story that I came across, and I really want to share this with the young people that are here, because I've always really enjoyed being here and being in the midst of the young people here. And this is something that I hope you'll, you'll take to heart. Monte owns a ranch in San Cedro, California. He's the son of an itinerant horse trainer who traveled to farms and ranches to train horses. And as a result... Monty's high school career was continually interrupted. When he was a senior, he was asked to write a paper about what he wanted to be and what he wanted to do after he graduated. That night, Monty wrote a seven-page paper describing his goal of someday owning a horse ranch. He even drew a diagram of a 200-acre ranch showing the location of all of the buildings, the stables, and the track. Then he drew a detailed floor plan for a 4,000-square-foot house that would sit on the 200-acre Dream Ranch. The next day, he handed in his paper to his teacher. And two days later, he got his paper back. And on the front page was a large F and a note that read, See me after class. When he went to see the teacher, he asked, Why did I receive an F? And the teacher said, this is an unrealistic dream for a young boy like you. You have no money. You have come from an itinerant family. You have no resources. Owning a horse ranch takes a lot of money. You have to buy land. You have to pay for the original breeding stock. And later, you'll have to pay large stud fees. There's no way you could ever do it. So if you will rewrite this paper with a more realistic goal, I'll consider your grade. I'll reconsider your grade. Monty went home and sat down with his father and asked, what should I do? His father said, son, you got to make your mind up on this one. He said, I think it's a really important decision, but it's your decision. So finally, after sitting with it for a week, Monte turned in the paper, making no changes at all. Only across the top of the first page, in large red letters, he wrote, you can keep the F, I'll keep my dream. Today, Monty lives in his 4,000 square foot house in the middle of 200 acres, a horse ranch, where he often has children come to learn about horses. And he has, and he has that school paper framed sitting on the mantle over his fireplace. Some time ago, Monte said that the school teacher brought, the school teacher brought 30 kids to, to camp out on, in his ranch for a week. 
And upon leaving, that same school teacher looked at Monty and said, I stole a lot of kids' dreams. They gave up too easily. Fortunately, your dream crystallized and you made it happen. I like that story because of the hope found in it. I like it because of the faith found in it. I like it because it encourages us to enlarge our tent. You know, if we receive a dream from God, it's got to be bigger than us. Because if it's just us and we can do it, then we can say we did it. But if it's bigger than us and it's a God dream, we have to be able to say it couldn't have been done without the Father. And it's all honor and glory to him. Amen? Amen. So I'd like to pray for you. Father, I, I thank you for this opportunity this morning and, and the opportunity that we have to encourage one another in dreams and visions and going beyond where we are today because you just don't limit us, Father. You always have the next season. You always have the next dream. You always have the next level of leadership. You always have the next level of responsibility that you want us to go toward, and, and, and you empower us to do so. I pray first and foremost for that person here that sat on a dream for a long time, praying over it, asking you, Father, would you direct them in that dream, that vision that's from you? I ask for that person that's in the midst of a trial right now, thinking that they've been fulfilling a dream, going through a really difficult time. I pray that you give them the tenacity to walk through the trial and to see your hand through it all knowing that it's the continuation of the fulfilling of a dream in their life. I ask you, Father, for that one this morning who doesn't have a dream, who's been dreamless, who's been without vision, Father, I ask, oh God, that they would ask you for the dream and the vision that you have for them. Not the thing they dream up, not the good idea, but the God idea. I pray for the young people here today. May no one ever, ever hold them back from the dreams that you would place in their lives, Lord. And we just release them to fulfill the plans and the purposes of God. So we encourage ourselves today in you, Father, and we declare, just like Joseph, instead of pointing the finger at people that we're able to say, it's God directed all of this. God has directed all of this. And we give you all the praise and all of the glory and all of the honor for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Pastor Allen. Thank you so much. Thanks so much, Steve. Thanks, Larry. Okay, so we're going to enter a time of commissioning. So, Merle and Cherie, if you'd like to come. Julie, if you'd like to come. Steve and Mary, Larry and Laverne, if you'd like to come. Elder team, if you'd like to come. And then I'm just going to invite you, if you'd like to be part of this time here at the front, you don't have to, but if God's laying a, a prayer or a prophetic word, or you just want to help uh, to uh, be part of this commissioning and, and laying on of hands of Merle and Cherie, we're a church family, so come and be part of this if, if uh, God's laying that on your heart. I just invite you up. Come on up.
Merle and Cherie, I, I sense three words for you this morning. Called, qualified, and commissioned. Called. This is not a surprise to God. He had, has orchestrated this. He knew in eternity past that this was going to happen. Jeremiah 1.5, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. And before you were born, I consecrated you. I appointed you a prophet to the nations. John 15, you did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you so that you should go and bear fruit and that your fruit should abide so that whatever you ask the Father in my name, he may give it to you. In Ephesians 2.10, we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. So, called. Qualified. And uh, I feel like this is not something that you have to strive and work to qualify yourselves, but that God qualifies us. 1 Timothy Three, therefore an overseer must be above reproach, the husband of one wife, sober-minded, self-controlled, respectable, hospitable, and able to teach. And 2 Timothy 2, do your best to present yourself to God as one approved, a worker who has no need to be ashamed, rightly handling the word of truth. And then commissioned. Again, uh, repeating a little bit from earlier, I got Numbers 27 also. The Lord said to Moses, Take Joshua, the son of Nun, a man in whom is the Spirit, and lay your hand on him. Make him stand before Eleazar the priest and all the congregation, and you shall commission him in their sight. And Moses did as the Lord commanded him. He took Joshua and made him stand before Eleazar the priest and the whole congregation. He laid his hands on him and commissioned him as the Lord directed through Moses. And the Lord, the Lord commissioned Joshua, the son of Nun, and said, Be strong and courageous. For you shall bring the people of Israel into the land that I swore to give them, and I will be with you. And Joshua the son of Nun was full of the spirit of wisdom, for Moses had laid his hands on him. And then Acts 20, pay careful attention to yourselves and to all the flock in which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers to care for the church of God, which he had obtained with his own blood. So I just wanted to invite uh, Larry over, and we're going to just lay hands and, and uh, commission you. We, we'd hand over the baton, uh, signalize, uh, sim- symbolizing our, our trust in you to run well the next leg of, of race here, uh, symbolizing uh, the authority that we're, we're uh, commissioning you to, the, the authority of, of leadership. The, uh, the commissioning of, of uh, uh, God pouring into you all the gifts you need to lead and to lead well here in the name of Jesus. Lord, we pray uh, the commissioning of God over Merle and over Cherie to, uh, to lead here as, as God has, has called them to lead in Jesus' name. And in the name of Jesus, we just declare the Lord's commissioning over you. He has called you. And we agree with that which he has spoken in Jesus' name. We declare uh, that you are, by the grace of God, commissioned into this role of senior leadership of Newport Church in Jesus' name. And uh, Merle, you and Sheree, of course, will walk together in the name of Jesus. God's called you together. And we see the mantle of of the Lord on you, Merle, to lead in this way in Jesus' name. So we commission you for the glory of God into senior leadership here at Dove Newport Church in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord.
Merlin Sheree, I want to read a few verses out of Psalm 78. It says, um, He chose David his servant and took him from the sheep pens. From tending the sheep, he brought him to uh, be the shepherd of his people, Jacob of Israel, his inheritance. And David shepherded them with integrity of heart, uh, with skillful hands. He led them. So, Father, we declare today over uh, Merle today and Cherie that you've called them as your servants. And we encourage them to remember where they came from. Father, today we just thank you that they have faithfully fulfilled the tending of the sheep that you've given them, that you brought to them, Lord, over the years. We thank you for that. I pray, we pray today, Father, they remember who they're called to in Jesus' name, that your inheritance, Father, for them. And God, then your word says that, that to shepherd them with integrity of heart and skillful hands. Father, we lay hands on them today declaring a shepherding heart, a heart of integrity, skillful hands led by you, Father, your hand. And so we commission them today in thanking you, thanking you, thanking you, Father, for this season, for this moment, for this call. We bless them. Further, we bless Alan and Julie, thanking you for their faithfulness, thanking you for what's been, what they've done, all that's been accomplished through them. May they continue to be amazingly fruitful. May their latter years be even more fruitful and amazing than their former years. We bless them, Father. We declare that over them in Jesus' name. It is an honor to lay hands on this couple today, thanking you, Father, that, that you've brought this about. And we, we just give you thanks and we give you praise in Jesus' name. We just pray Isaiah 11 over you that um, you're coming into a season of revelation and rest <laughs> together. That, this, that is the spirit of the Lord is resting, resting upon you. But he's inspiring you and, and just in, in, in influencing your life. The spirit of wisdom and understanding, counsel and knowledge and the fear of the Lord is going to be upon you. So we, we pray into that. Just believe it and trust him. Montreal are going to experience in fresh new ways, just greater, greater revelation rest in this next season. Rest in knowing that you are doing the work in them. That spirit of wisdom and understanding, counsel, knowledge, and the fear of the Lord in Jesus' name. As we were singing a song this morning, Waymaker, Promise Keeper, Light in the Darkness, my God, that is who you are. I felt like God was saying, that is the inheritance that I have for you. As you walk in obedience and trust in him, it will look like you um, are walking on water or walking into the unseen and you're not sure where those steps are taking you. But as you trust him and walk in obedience with him, that is the inheritance that he is giving you. And it's not... It's, it's about who he is and what he is doing as you partner with him in obedience and trust. So I just release and anoint you with that promise that God is giving you in Jesus' name. Oh. <clears throat> Ron Jerry, you will not be able to be everything to everyone 
Only Jesus can. So you give back to God what he can do and you lay it at the cross. And so I want to anoint you with oil. It is called the peace anointing and call forth a greater anointing of the, of the Lord's arm, of his breath breathing over you. That is, when suddenly things are happening, suddenly also Jesus will come in a, in a greater peace, blocking away what the enemy would want to do. And you would be under this tent and this canopy of peace, and nothing would be able to come through there, and it would be still and quiet, close by his heart. And uh, in a little bit, I want to anoint you with oil, but also I want to say this. I saw a river, and there was many streams flowing into the river, and the river was becoming stronger and stronger because each of the streams brought more water into the river. The streams are the people here and the voices that the Lord has ordained and, and, and us all coming together in love and sharing with one another and building each other up. Farther down the river, there was also streams flowing out and, make, and, 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 and new streams were coming forth. And I just want to say this, that, um, and not just to Merle and Cherie, but everyone in this body, that as God calls us, we need to go where he wants us to go and that we would lay down the love of our dreams just for him. That I, Abraham had to lay Isaac down, and so the big fat word is surrender. A life surrendered is blessed. A life surrendered is fulfilled. And I don't know exactly what all that means, but the Lord can decide that in his own timing and in his own way. But I just want to say that even, even further down the river then, as the streams are going out, there is such a strong undercurrent by that time that um, there will be a greater peace and a greater calm in this place. And people will just go according to the way that God has called them. And I just call forth in the name of Jesus that these things shall be aligned and realigned and reestablished, everything according to your your purposes in heaven, Lord, as we yield to you, as we surrender to you. And we thank you that you give us the grace and you even prepare us for that. So we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. I see a picture of um, rain, but it's not so much water as it's filled with light, each raindrop pouring down on you um, and just making it deep into your spirit of hope and um, you know the verse comes to mind that says hope does not disappoint us because God has poured out his love into our hearts and so um, I just feel like um, God is saying to hope to dream and it will not disappoint you
rolling through my head the last several months, maybe the last year, almost like lyrics to a song, but I haven't been able to turn it into a song, so I think I'm just going to speak them and pray them, uh, and it, just as I've been dwelling and thinking about this transition of the two families, couples here, I see a new day dawning, a beautiful sight, I see your glory rising pushing back the night. My spirit is willing to fight another fight, to run the race, to finish what you started here. Lord, as these two couples and families round another turn in the race that they're on in their lives, I pray that you would fill them with grace. Lord, I pray for this congregation, every level of leadership and members here in this congregation, we'd be able to support and pour back uh, grace into these new leaders in Jesus' name. Lord, as you move in a different way, in a new way, through different personalities, different leadership styles, help us to see you in it, help us to embrace. And I believe, Lord, that you're going to fill this place with a new level of pushing back more darkness in Jesus' name that surround us. Thank you for the work that you're doing in all of us, God, in Jesus' name. Well, I'm sure I hear the Lord saying there's a grace he's placing on you to lead Newport Church into the purposes of God in this next season. A strong grace on your lives. It's for you and the team you lead. There'll be grace to lead this church into the purpose of God for this new season. I also hear the Lord saying there's grace on you and your team to also help individual persons who are in this congregation to find their dreams and help them fulfill those dreams in this next season. And so, Lord God, I pray you just confirm that, Lord, by the Spirit of God. And thank you, thank you, Lord, you've given this grace to them in Jesus' name. this picture of um, this hallway and it was full of doors and I felt like Jesus was um, giving you Merle the set of keys and um, each of the doors was uniquely colored and had um, different art and graffiti on it and um, there was like you just walked through the hallway and as you like looked around there was like this one door that jumped out at you and you went and you tried it and you tried to put the key in and it opened and I just felt like there were um, doors in this congregation, in this church, in this region that God is giving you the authority to unlock. And as you step into this role, um, you are receiving a greater authority in the spirit in this region as well. And that um, these doors that people have been pounding on for years, um, you just are going to walk right up and unlock it with the key. And it's not because of this great power now that you possess, but it's the saints that have gone before you and have prayed into these doors being opened. And they're, you're the one that they were praying for to come and unlock it. And then I also see like this just crowd of people behind you. Um, and as you unlock the door, some are for you to go in 
and take hold of what is in that door, um, but others are for you just to open it and then usher the people in that were supposed to be in that room or in that area, in that sphere of influence. So it's like you getting to be the the one that, um, the doorkeeper, like Jesus trusting you because your history with the Lord, um, he's just saying over you, well done, that you have succeeded in every area, everything that he has given you, even in the mistakes and the things that you wish you could go back and change. You are walking in the victory of his blood and that um, as you go forth, he is trusting you, entrusting you with these keys for yourself, for your family, and for those following behind you. As soon as we started praying today, I saw a picture of a yoke on your shoulders and the words, my yoke is easy, my burden is light. Praise you, Lord. I just got a picture of just a diving board, and specifically the diving board that's uh, just kind of well used and cracked right down the middle, but the owner wasn't ready to just go out and buy a new diving board, so they bolted a piece of, a, just a big old board to it to reinforce it, and I just feel like that relates to you guys, that you just got, you guys have been through some trials, and you have been through, through some difficult things, but God is just there holding you together, and I thought about it a little bit more, and like, what do you do with diving boards? You just, you jump off of them. You jump as high as you can and as far as you can. You do cannonballs and you do corkscrews and uh, just, you just have fun with it. And I, I just feel like that's for you guys. It's just just uh, don't be afraid to try new things and just have fun with it. There's going to be trials and stuff, but don't lose the joy that you have, just the ability to have fun. As we were up here praying for you guys and doing this commission, the tears just came to my my eyes and my nose started running. I was like, what's going on? <laughs> but it was a mix of emotions of what God has done so far through Pastor Alan and Julie that I know we couldn't have made it without them. But it was also a sense of joy just how God has orchestrated this. I mean, it's been said a couple times this morning from up front, but just as part of the congregation, I just want to affirm that, that God has orchestrated this. Even when he was back doing uh, everything in South Africa, we'd come home, he'd lead worship, we've got relationship with him, even at that part. God was starting to do something even back then. And I'm just so excited about what God has in store for this church, for Newport. And as those tears were coming, I thought, you know, this is the first time I'm going to have a senior pastor that's younger than me in my life. <laughs> but but as far as what God has called him to, 
we're walking alongside you, we're going to carry that yoke. So it's not heavy for you guys. We're walking alongside you and we're so excited what God's going to do in lives, in hearts, the same way he's done in our marriage, in our family. Praise God for that in Jesus' name. Father, what a privilege it is to be here today. And Lord, thank you for Pastor Alan and his faithfulness and his wife, Julie. And uh, Father, brother, now pastor, our lead pastor, Merle and Sheree. Lord, these have taken up their cross, left their worldly ambitions, and taken up for the joy of the kingdom, and we just appreciate that. And I just I pray for Brother Merle as he goes forward and does all these dreams that God has put in his heart with his wife alongside and with him, um, that he will be um, faithful to the clarity of the, of the gospel, because there are so many that don't understand or don't know Jesus yet and, and, and as he preaches it goes out internationally now that we have the technology so we just pray that the gospel the simplicity of the gospel would be preserved and it would be preached boldly and anointed and many souls would be saved many souls would hear about Jesus that have never heard and come into the kingdom may never know them or see them until uh, we get on the other side and uh, we just praise God for this day and uh, thank you for our leaders and thank you Father for the anointing of the Holy Spirit in Jesus name I just want to say real quickly and briefly that I'm so thankful for you guys you are an amazing church family you guys are lucky to inherit them <laughs> I just see the Heavenly Father wanting to release another measure of faith into your lives. Um, in scripture, said, Jesus said, if, if you have the faith of God, you can say to this mountain, be uprooted and thrown into the sea, and it will be so. And uh, many times in scripture, uh, mountains are looked at as high places, or can almost be like a religious culture, or a religious something set there that is keeping a heavenly culture or the kingdom of heaven from manifesting in a place or region or, or um, in life of the people and I just see God releasing his faith it isn't your faith it's his faith into your lives that would displace those things um, that are blocking the kingdom of heaven from manifesting and I see a supernatural culture being released in your lives and here that um, is the heartbeat of your father. He wants and longs for this. And um, so I just pray and I believe that God is releasing his faith into your lives, that you would have eyes to see and ears that hear what is on his heart and just release it in his time and his way. 
And in that, I believe the Lord is saying that, that you will be free to be who you are. Not what someone else expects or wants, but free to be who you are without any religious ties being put on you. You're free to walk in the freedom of how he created you. I just feel as we finish this time of commissioning, I know all of your children aren't here. Some are in children's ministry, but if you guys would like to come over, children who are, shank children who are here, we, I'd just like to, you're part of it too. <laughs> so Lord, we just love this family. We thank you for them. Lord, we, we bless all the family, those who are here and those who aren't, Lord. Lord, we just place uh, just an additional extra hedge of protection around them through this time, Lord, that uh, no attack or, or scheme or, or weapon of the enemy will prosper that is formed against them. Lord, we bless and protect uh, their health and their finances and their cars and their properties and, and their children and their lives. We speak long life over their children today in Jesus name Lord we we bless this family in every way Lord and and Lord we pray just an extra hedge of angels surrounding them in every way Lord thank you Lord we we just bless them today and we thank you for what you have done and what you are doing Lord you are so good so good so good we love you Lord amen amen yeah thank you Lord So worship team, if you'd come, we, we just felt it was appropriate to end this uh, with, a, with a short time of worship. So I guess we can go back to our, our seats. Uh, if you just want to stand, we'd just love to worship God and, and thank God this morning for, for his goodness and what he's, what he's done among us through this time. Thank you, Lord.
Lord, we do thank you for your presence here with us today. Lord, thank you for what you've done. Thank you for what you've been doing. Thank you for what you're going to do. Look, we look forward with this anticipation to this next season, Lord. You're so good. So good. So good. In Jesus' name. So we don't have a formal ministry time planned uh, for this service, but if you do need prayer, there are lots of leaders here. You've seen them up front. We're around. Uh, or you can uh, grab someone beside you and say, hey, would you pray with me if there's a, just a need on your heart or, or uh, cry on your heart this morning. We have lunch ready for everyone. So, Lord, thank you for the food today. We thank you for the time of fellowship we're going to enjoy. And, uh, Lord, we thank you that you are with us in every season. You're with us this week as we go into a, a brand new week. God bless you. You're dismissed. Stay for lunch. Come over into the gym. We'd love to have you join us. Amen.